And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, the most insulting podcast in the business. Today, I am joined by James from Lycanthro. I hope I remembered your name. Did I? Yeah, yeah. That's how awesome. you pronounce it. Yes. Okay. I was, I was going to say, um, every time I've done one of these, I've heard five different pronunciations. So you, I'm glad you got that one right. So, yeah. Wait a minute. Okay. I know I'm bad at this, but I got to be the worst. How Lycanthro? It's obvious. No, I've I've heard some pretty hilarious ones. Like um, like there's that one, which is the correct way to say it. There's a lichen throw, which you know it's okay. It's like tomato, tomato. You know that's like Weird. English. Yeah, lichen throw. I'm gonna no, have con- some tacos. Yeah, exactly. And then the the other three that I've heard, which are even more hilarious, is uh, I heard one person say lichen throw once, and and then no. the other one was um, and the other one was lichenthero. Wow. And, and my personal favorite one, and only Quebecers say this because you know their accent is they'll always well, there's say, good fishing in Quebec. Yeah, they're like Le Cantro. Le See, <laughs> I personally find that French Canada is the best Canada because that's where Patrick Waugh is from. Yeah. Uh, not that I have any fond memories of watching him play. Mostly they're all you know painful because he never played for my team. But still. Uh, where was I going? So, Lycanthro, I mean, have you not been interviewed by anyone who has played Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> maybe the French guy. I mean, let's not be mean to the French guy. because Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> that's an accent thing. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And also, I, for the record, I just, I love the French Canadian accent. It is the greatest accent in the world. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's, it's, um, it's a great accent. And I find that they also like, it's very uh, no disrespect at all but i find it really because it's good to parody and even they like know it like i have lots of french friends will where i'll be like oh oh as as it were and then he they're just like yeah yeah i know we say that a lot <laughs> <laughs> I, I i apologize i actually finally heard of letter kenny and i binged the whole thing in like four weeks so uh, I'm, so whenever anybody mentions quebec it's <laughs> why do the french people always go <laughs> I don't know. I, but yes, the the French accent it's 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 great because their accent is so unusual, and it's the same for all of them. They must have four English teachers that are yeah, siblings. Anyway, so what do you do? I uh, sing and play a little guitar here and there. Uh, I guess that's uh that's about it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm the lead singer and guitar player for Lycanthro. Okay, because I'm extraordinarily professional, I listen to at least three songs, I think. I don't know. They were really long. How would you describe what you do? Well, we uh, we play what, what I call, uh, like, heavy power metal, because, like, we play, like, we we're get the We are mainly influenced by, like, the power metal bands from Europe and the States, like, you know, Manowar and Blind Guardian and Halloween and stuff like that. But we play that style, but we always, we try and... Uh, still have an air of heaviness to it you know sort of like kind of mixing it kind of with like thrash you know what i mean or speed metal you know just to have like it's like it's still melodic but it's also aggressive at the same time and and when and because of that i like that it kind of hits kind of it's the best of both worlds people who like power metal will like it and people who even don't like power metal because they think it's quote unquote too cheesy they'll listen to it and they'll be like oh this is heavy you know this is cool you know so it's kind of you know, frankly appealing to if- both if anybody thinks power metal is too cheesy, I would show them the door because you know what metal is cheap. Metal is the greatest genre for nerds of all time. Yeah. So it's like, come on, man. If you have read any lyrics, Ronnie James Dio has written and have sung them. Don't even talk about nerdy because you're already in. You're one yeah. of us. It's, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I don't get it personally because you know, like I, I, I always joke about a lot of the uh, the extreme metal genres and how they uh, they almost take things too seriously. Because it's I like I don't think like, they do. I think for them it's all tongue in cheek. I mean, for the love of God, Carcass's first album was just them looking at an autopsy and writing the words down. That's incredible. <laughs> But you bet no, but I agree with you. It's just like it's like anybody's like, oh, power metal's too cheesy. And I'm just like, well, you know, like we're not changing. And it's funny you mentioned, like, I I guess maybe it's in terms of stream metal, I guess I meant more the black metal crowd, because you know, those guys kind of 
they tr- they kind of take their music a bit more seriously but the death metal bands we actually have one local one from here in ottawa they're called gland and all their songs are like uh really just hilarious like they write, gr- they write grindcore songs and they're like saying and their songs are like you know fun in the sun and so it's all like happy positive lyrics but it's grindcore it's like Does it, i mean do the lyrics even matter at that point um i i and no disrespect to High on Fire, but I'm about to commit a little bit of blasphemy here. I remember hearing about their album, uh, De Vermis Mysterious, or whatever. It's Latin. They're high. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Anyway, and it's like, this is a concept record. If Jesus had a twin brother who was a conjoint twin who died in the womb. And I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm in. So I bought the CD. That's back when I bought CDs. And I couldn't understand a damn word. So it's like, why did you put that much effort into this? To me, that's grindcore. Just, you know, get the emotion across, call it a day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. And it's one of those things where it's just like, man, but it's a concept album. You're supposed to, like, kind of try and convey what the story is, you know? Like even, like, even bands, like, one of my favorite concept albums, and again, I'm not even much of an extreme metal person, but one of my favorite concept albums is The Key by Nocturnus. And that's a dare death metal band, but they actually you can understand what the dude's saying, and he and it and it conveys the story that they want to tell. You know, death metal and ex- extreme metal genres in and of themselves, it's kind of like football, right? Football is the only sport where athletic the word athletic is a superlative and not a requirement. When they're describing a player, oh well, he's really athletic. As though that's not, okay, well, you're a professional athlete. I mean, you should be. And, you know, in death metal lyrics, it's like, oh, it's very intelligible. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. And, you know, I, I just, I love concept albums. I have grown up on them. I love, the more pretentious and the more awful, the better. Like Same my, with me, man. <laughs> my favorite is still Music from the Elder by Kiss. That's a concept album? You didn't know? No. It's half-baked as hell. Oh. <laughs> uh, I can give you the whole... It's, 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 uh, it's, it's about as good of a story as the first six hours of The Hobbit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, basically, a dude is born. Uh, these supernatural people discover him. He's on a boat. Everybody's scared. They didn't explain the why, just everybody was scared. They need a hero. There's Paul Stanley. He's just a boy. That's really the whole story. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, that's really weird, man. But yeah, but yeah, no, but I'm the same with you. I love concept albums, you know. And as I said, like the more when, as I said, yeah, the more, pre- well, I don't want to say the word pretentious, but like I find that I appreciate a lot of the concept albums that actually put a lot of thought into their story. You know what I mean? Like it's like for music, conveying a story through music, it's not like film or TV where you have a lot of factors to, to worry about. Uh, I can, uh, the only way you convey it is through the lyrics and obviously the, the kind of musical tone. But I mean, uh, how many people in this world, this 2021 world understand the concept of narrative music anymore? Yeah, I mean, I find it's very, like... It's I know that's like very pretentious to say that, but, I mean, if Peter and the Wolf came out now and nobody told you what it was, would anybody know? Your Would your average person know that that's a story? Yeah, I find that a lot of newer bands, whenever they actually have a concept album that, that comes out now, because I actually know a lot of newer mm-hmm. bands that still do them, but uh, they always have to kind of, like, shove it in your face, like, this is a concept album. This is the story. You, you know what I mean? Which you know, there's nothing it, it wrong personally, with that, but there's not. But they, as you said, they kind of have to now because if you listen to the album itself and not know it's a concept album, you'll be like, oh, "That's a good album," but you know, you won't know it. <laughs> That's a concept album. I mean, frankly, there have been so many albums I have listened to, and I found out later, oh, this is a concept record. I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because I mean, I was paying attention, and I didn't get a story here, so. It's kind of like like Coheed and Cambria, right? I love them. Love those guys. I have never been able to discern a single story out of any of their albums. They're really convoluted. uh, That's a good example. They're very convoluted. I know the story's there. And when I read the Wikipedia article about what the story is, I'm like, oh, okay. 
I could see that, but it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense here. So it's it's. Well, that's why I find that in terms of concept albums, the ones that stand the test of time and the ones that people remember the most, I find are the ones that do have a very clear story. Like my personal favorite one of all time is Queensryche Operation Mindcrime. Oh, God. And Operation Mindcrime is, uh, you know, has probably one of the most, the story is very easy to follow. You know, and it's, oh, yeah, you don't think so? I hate that album so much. Really? Oh my god, I hate Queensryche so much. And what? I've seen them four times, never on purpose. Oh, one man. time though, in fairness, one time I was paid to see them. Oh really? I was an usher in the arena. Oh right. Oh man, that makes me sad. I love Queensryche. I do not like. I'm sorry. I I don't like Queensryche. I and you know what? And I take that back. The story might be easy to follow. I don't know, uh, but that album was actually one of the very first CDs I ever owned. I got a CD player, my first one in 1992, and that was in the first batch of CDs I got for Christmas that year. Oh, fair. Well, I guess, like, just to get my example across, uh, are you a fan of King Diamond? I, I like metal and power metal, so yeah, of course. Yeah, Abigail. Abigail is a very easy-to-follow story, and everyone it remembers it. It is if it, you pay you know? attention, because, you know, when i listening to that for, like, forever ago i never got it but now that i have the live album uh because i don't have abigail on vinyl but i've got um what is it songs for nuts was it songs for the dead the one he put out a couple years ago Mm -hmm. from his comeback tour and the second half of it is abigail front to back and i'm like oh i can actually follow the story on this one i don't know if it maybe it's because he was more intelligible this time because king diamond is hard to understand i mean i love the guy but he's hard to understand yeah pretty much I guess with I guess maybe with me is that when it comes to concept albums, I'm usually very meticulous about trying to follow the story and stuff like that. Like usually when I'm listening to one, I'll have the lyrics right there in front of me, just reading along. I, I with did them. that so much when I was younger, but now it's kind of like I don't I don't have time. I gotta like do 18 things while I'm listening to the song. Like it's like I, I get home every day from work. I get home at five because of the pandemic. Thank you, pandemic. I take a shower. I take a shower after work every day just in case I'm bringing home germs. It's theater at this point, I know, but still. And then I'm like, okay, well, I got to do this, 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 and this on the internet, and I want to play Monster Hunter, and then I got to cook dinner. Shit. So I don't have the lyrics open when I'm reading it. When I'm spinning it oh, yeah, fair, fair enough, dude. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I but the, here's my thing. I love concept albums so much. I am now trying to find albums that nobody knew were concept albums. I, I don't know that I found any, but I've tried. Uh, Black Sabbath, Born Again. If you work it really hard, you can turn that into a concept album. I really? Just don't remember, I don't remember what the story was I made up for it, but it fit. Well, one of the biggest misconceptions uh, that I've actually heard was I've heard a lot of people tell me that uh, uh, Halloween Keeper, the Seven Keys, Part 1 and 2 are concept albums. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> I, I don't like know are, Halloween even a little, just so you know. Hmm? I don't know Halloween even Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. well, like, no, Keeper Parts 1 and 2 are, like, their two most famous albums. And a lot of people assume from the Part 1 and the Part 2 part that they're concept albums. But I'm like, no, they're not. You know, like, one song is, like, the open... Like, one song is about, like, a, is like about a mad scientist who brings monsters back to life. And then the very next song is, like, about a guy who, like, can't get an erection. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's literally something that, ha- that happens in there. How old are you? 22. Okay, you did not live through 80s horror movies. I love 80s horror movies, though. I've seen them. Yeah, okay, okay. Here's the difference, though. You're seeing them out of context. I lived that. I lived through the cocaine 80s, and I could easily see that in a movie. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't feel like I'm stretching. I just feel like I'm watching Friday the 13th part something. Yeah, it's true. I think maybe that was just a bad example. But yeah, like those albums, they're not concept albums at all, even though some people think they are. But yeah, no. But Everything like, is a concept album if you dig deep enough. Believe in yourself. Yeah, it's like not with, it's like that's not a concept album. Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my, my favorite concept album, though, is, uh, well, apart from uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, uh, and a lot of others, is still Steve Vai, The Story of Light. Oh, okay, cool. I can't follow the story because it's in Russian. Oh, and he really? didn't translate it. 
or uh, print my, it. My, my other favorite ones, again, aside from Mind Crime, but I know you don't really like that one, is I love Dream Theater Scenes from a Memory. And uh, yeah, Dream Theater Scenes from a Memory, um, as I said, Abigail, Wasp, Crimson Idol. Uh, okay, question. Is the Spider's Lullaby a concept album? Spider's Lullaby. Oh, from King Diamond? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I think it is. I oh, think yeah? the whole, I think the whole, I mean, you got to really finagle the story of the first side to get to the second side because the second side is definitely a story. And then that was, that, that's one thing that King Diamond used to do that was really weird was they he'd do like half concept albums, like on Fatal Portrait. Yeah. Like Fatal Portrait, the first, I think it's the second half. No, no, no. It's the first half. It's like the first side. Of well, the if you're going to do half a concept album, which side do you put that on? Which yeah, is the know. money side for that? I think most of them put it on the first side. I mean, like like Rush 2112 was, I think, was on the first side. That's a song. That's not a concept album. That doesn't count. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is a whole song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's 22 minutes, but it's still one song. So I don't think we can count that. Although I'm surprised that Rush didn't do 50 concept albums. Honestly, honestly, I just use that as an example. Again, if if you're not liking Queen's Rakes, your hot take, my hot take is that I'm not a fan of Rush. I I actually asked uh, on on Facebook the other day. At what point do you have to admit to yourself that you've become a fan of Rush? Because I now have like five albums, and I think I'm pushing it. I think I think at this point I have to admit that I've become a fan on accident. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, they just, they're one of those bands that, again, like they just never really did anything for me personally. I was, uh, way more, I, I was, I was always more into Triumph. So, wow. Okay. Wait, so is Triumph Canadian Rush? Rush is Canadian. I know, but is Triumph Canadian Rush? Because Rush made it in America, Triumph did not. Uh, that's arguable. Triumph actually got their start in, in the US. They, before they even were big in Canada, they're, first big break was doing headlining tour in the south they were big in the south in texas georgia which is hilarious but uh yeah but 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 i don't think they had that the the thing with triumph is that they're my favorite band of all time that's what i and and, but the thing i always tell people is that people are like oh triumph never made the same point as rush i'm like they would have if they didn't break up in the 90s i argue they would have been bigger than rush just because they were so big at the time that they were like there was a time when they were bigger than rush like in terms of album sales and stuff like that what what time was that uh around uh like i think it was around when they released thunder seven or or uh game of kings or whatever like when when they were at their peak was actually wait 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 triumph did an album called game of kings yeah i'm pretty yeah did that come out around the same time as uh farewell to kings or no when did farewell to kings come out no idea game of kings i just know it exists i have it yeah uh, game of kings came out in like 87 88 i think oh that's way later then yeah yeah but yeah but there was a time when when rush was kind of starting to experiment with all their synthy stuff and a lot of the people didn't like that that's when triumph were like going up and like where they were kind of oh so the early 80s in the yeah because rush what i liked about rush was that they they adapted to the times without feeling like they sold out and that's that's a very amazing thing. And for the record, I didn't really get or like Rush apart from the greatest hits till I was in my 40s. I think you got to be old for for Rush to hit where you're like all of a sudden, man, those trees should unionize. <laughs> it's like I'm guessing um I, I, my favorite uh way Rush was described was like uh I don't know if you uh, watch Trailer Park Boys, but when Ricky... You know, like, and I've talked about Trailer Park Boys to every Canadian and every American that I know that loves it. I've tried so hard. Oh, you're not into it? I've Whenever I watch it, it's as funny to me, and I've only seen like the first half of the first season, right? Um, it's as funny to me as a show from the 80s that I have seen 50 times. You know why? Because you're watching the first season. The first season is universally known as the worst one. I was told that was the best. No, 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 no. The first one is easily the worst season because okay, they were okay. still trying because they were still trying to find their footing. Because one thing that I heard about with Trailer Park Boys when it first started, they were trying to make it a serious show. Like they were trying to make it like a like a drama, like a 
like a oh you know we live in this it's like these wannabe gang criminals who live in a trailer park that that was the original like the original pilot for it was they were trying to make it like as serious as possible but the characters and the way the actors portrayed them were so exaggerated that people just found it so funny that when the second season came they just turned it into a straight-up comedy okay okay i i'm gonna skip the rest of the first season because i think i got it you have uh the dude with the black hair who's drunk you got the rockabilly guy who still wants to be a criminal you got bubbles who is comic relief You've got the shirtless security guard for some reason. Oh, yeah, Rand- Randy. Randy. Yeah. I, I will say I love the song about Trailer Park Boys that uh, MC Lars did with uh, Nova Scotian rapper Jesse Dangerously. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also love the fact that Trailer Park Boys is set in Nova Scotia and not yeah. like even in good Canada. Not like <laughs> Canada that anybody outside of Canada has even heard of. Yeah, it's like Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Okay, and but the joke I was trying to say with um, th- sorry, this sorry, really, this isn't really a spoiler, but uh, in the third season, there's an episode where they all Bubbles' favorite band is Rush, and they tr- were trying I, to get tickets. I, I've seen that. Oh yeah, I, I, were, were they were they kidnap Alex Lifeson? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like one of the best episodes, and he. And one, as you mentioned, like the trees, uh, one of my favorite things is when Ricky was going, he goes, you know, Rush has these weird lyrics about how, you know, how different sides your brain work and how trees talk to each other. And, you know, I, I like Rush in a weird way. Like, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, but, I, you know, I respect that you like Triumph. I have a lot of, a good friend of mine always laughs at me because I like the, I like the the Island of Misfit Toys by bands. What's your favorite Metallica album? Uh oh man, this is gonna be a really, really hipster pick. Uh, Go ahead. The original demo. No life to leather. I'm not a big fan of Metallica, honestly. Okay, well, moving on, that's not the point. My favorite <laughs> is Lulu. Really? Legitimately. Wow, okay. I've been in Metallica since 89. Yeah, that, that that definitely beat that definitely beats my pick. <laughs> What's your favorite Slayer record? I don't like Slayer. Uh, mine is the one everybody hates, Diabolus and Musica. Really? Yes. Yeah, and it's not like yeah. on purpose. I'm not being contrarian. Oh no, I know what you mean. Like, uh, it, it's funny because you're uh, the thing I find funny is that you're asking me. It's like Metallica Slayer. I'm like, oh, uh, he's naming the two bands I really don't like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I I don't know. Okay, I, I I got lost there. So, it's when when discussing metal, I have discovered that it's best to discuss in bigger in the terms of the biggest bands, because even though we have the internet, even though we have so much more now, metal is still so far underground. I could probably name fifteen bands right now I love that you've never heard of, and you could do the same. It's, yeah, probably. It's not flexing. I mean, it's just reality. A couple of years ago, I was covering uh, Mayhem on their Dom Satanis like redo tour. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget who the first band was. They were a black metal band. I mean, they were they weren't bad. They were all right. I don't even remember their name though. So to give you an idea, they were dressed like you know a Baath. So it was like low rent a Baath. It was like Canadian a Baath or Mexican a Baath or English a Baath. I don't know. That's what they look like. Then the next band comes out and they're called Immolation. Ever heard of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've okay. heard of Immolation. I had not. So I'm like, wow, these guys are amazing. They must be really new. Nope. 25 years in the business. And this is day one for me. Well, I actually heard that Immolation were one of those bands that didn't actually get big until much later. I heard like they're one of those bands that like, even though they've been a band for 25 years. All no, not stuff was not like, Immolation, not Immolation. I'm sorry. That is the wrong. Or is it? Hang on. I got to check my Amazon wish list. No, it's not Immolation. I apologize. It's not. Immolation. Oh, okay. No, I, I do know them. I have one of their albums. It's <sighs> okay. Talk amongst yourselves. I got to check my wish list. Trying to think. I remember that tour. I didn't see it, but who opened for Mayhem? Oh. I remember it being a band that was kind of weird. I remember it was like a band like, oh, really? They're touring with them? There was a black metal band and a death metal band. Yeah, I remember that. I just don't remember. Shit, who was it? Hmm. The, the death metal band is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. I can't remember their name. Oh, here was it is. It D- I, 
No, it is Emulation. Okay. What the hell am I thinking of then that I just bought an album by? Not them. Sorry. There's somebody else. I'm, oh, I'm thinking of Incantation. Okay. Yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got him confused. Okay. No, it was Immolation. So I remember like, wow, these guys are amazing. They must be new. And apparently they had been around forever and they were fairly big. But that's... Yeah, like, yeah as I said, like, I, I don't know Immolation that well. But from what I've seen online, they're one of those bands that they didn't actually get, like, successful until much much later in their career a lot of their early stuff a lot of people didn't even know about i did an i did an episode of my podcast my other podcast with um i forget who it was um but we were discussing the probot album by dave grohl oh yes i like that album uh i do too i had those first time i'd heard it and the lead singer for dri did a song and the guy that suggested the album is like i don't even know who that is and I'm like, really? So then that and that's so that's why when it's when it comes to metal, I use the biggest bands possible, the bands ever. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's you know, there's about 30 of them that are just royalty. King Diamond, Merciful King Diamond, Merciful Fate, that's one. Carcass, yeah. Napalm Death, Morbid Angel, you know, the, the people everybody knows. Yeah, as I said, but it, but I just found it funny because when you mentioned it's like, oh, what's your favorite Slayer album? I'm just like, oh man, you picked the one band that I always are like. Everybody's like, James, you like. I actually get like not hate, but like everybody, they're just like, James, everybody likes Slayer. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I here's the thing, you know, you always hear the 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 axiom: there's no such thing as a casual Slayer fan. There's no such thing as a casual Motorhead fan. No, you're totally looking at them. Because Slayer is only good at high volumes. And if, it, if, if I have to listen to it on 10 to enjoy it, it's not good. Yeah, and, and uh, I find it's the same thing. Yeah, no, I know, yeah, I know what you mean for sure. They're thrash, look, they're thrash metal ACDC. We all know it. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. But it's, it's also just because mainly I'm just... The, the, the reason why I don't get it with them is just because, like, I just think that a band like them, like there's, in my opinion, there's just a lot of bands that do the same thing they do, but better. Like, for example, like the one I always say is Sacrifice. I think like Sacrifice and... and the, the See, and here bands, we go. Like, I, don't, I don't know them. I have no idea who they oh, are. Oh, really? Oh, well, create, well, then the German bands Creator or something like that. They do the oh, Slayer yeah. stuff better than Slayer does, in my opinion. Because well, I mean, Slayer, their musicianship, in my opinion, is their weakest part point. A little you know, squiffy. And, it's a little squiffy there. Yeah, but these other bands do the same thing Slayer does, but with, but with impeccable musicianship, and you know where you're like, oh wow, they're playing like this really technical stuff. While, and I'm not saying that like you know, because people like you know people could easily accuse me of saying like, oh, you only listen to stuff that's technical and and like has good like and virtuosic playing it's like no but in slayer's case i find that it it let me let me let me back you up here a little bit okay it's like kiss lyrics right yeah kiss lyrics suck doc mcgee said an interview this week it's four chords and bad lyrics okay but there's still a limit you know the lyrics suck and deuce they suck and i love that song but the lyrics and what makes the world go round or two sides of the coin are two steps below the awfulness of that and that that's kind of slayer it's if you look at and i mean i'm i'm a failed failed musician i failed at failing i didn't even get far enough to fail and i can listen to slayer and go that's a lot of open ease guys that's it's i mean metallica stopped doing what made metallica so much better than the other bands in the big four was they progressed into something because if Metallica had never changed from Kill 'Em All, had Megadeth never changed from Killing Is My Business, they would be in theaters like Slayer and Anthrax were at the end. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. And um and thrash metal would have completely died out. Yeah, for sure, but um the thing with uh with Metallica, actually no, not not Metallica, but yeah, the other thing with uh Slayer is that yeah, like as I said is that like they just do there's there's too, they just do too much of the same thing you know what i mean oh completely like like the, this is like a bit of a mini rant that i have sometimes is that one thing i can't stand hearing whenever i hear like album reviewers talk about this thing cuz they use this wording correctly in my opinion 
is they'll say they'll review like a really generic thrash album and give it really high praise like oh this album is so great and the word they always use was consistent they're like oh it was so consistent I'm like no the album was repetitive like whenever someone says uses the word consistent to describe an album that's just really repetitive i don't like it because i hear it so often and i'm thinking like no i get queen, that queen I get was that. consistent queen let was me say when i use the word consistent in a review i mean good all the way through yeah yeah no i don't i don't do track by track reviews i don't do two thousand word not that i do that many reviews anymore but i never did like the two thousand crazy word reviews and yeah anyway yeah no but the the thing what i mean is i've seen so many reviews where like they'll say an album's consistent but it's not every song's good it's really just every song sounds the same they're like oh consistent thrash metal and i'm just like well if that's what you're into cool but that's not what consistent means there's there's a lot of metal that is consistent in that vein which is unfortunate and one of the things i liked about listening to your music today was it wasn't like that and one of the biggest issues i have with a lot of musicians in this world kiss i am looking at you even though i love you so much (laughs) uh your guitar tone should not be set it and forget it and yeah (laughs) because set it and forget it guitar tone is really just going to give me ear fatigue in 20 minutes. Yeah, you mean you mean like when uh like all the guitar tone and all the songs sound the same, you mean? Oh yeah, exactly. Crap. Yeah, set uh, it and forget it. Just what's my setting? Here it is. It's done. Let's yeah. record this whole album that way. Yeah, we'll pretty play much this whole concert that way. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And the thing is is that like yeah, I just find that nowadays there's just like, well, not even nowadays, like bands back in the day used to do this. But like, whatever I mean by like when someone's consistent, I would say it's like, I don't mean, as I was saying, it's like consistency doesn't mean it's like repetitive. Like I always, the, even though this band isn't necessarily metal, I always say Queen was consistent. Every, no two songs sounded the same, but they still sounded like Queen. That's consistency. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm not a big fan of Queen. Wow, man, making me sad. You're freaking like you're uh, you're hating on all the bands that I love. Queens, right? Queen. No, I'm not. I'm not hating. I'm just. Oh, no, not I, I know. I'm just joking. I know. No, don't 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 back off a point. If you make a point, stick with it. Canadian pride, something. I don't know. Do you guys have that? I mean, do you like have that? That's that's un-Canadian. I mean, do you guys say that up there? No, not at all. Oh, you're oh, from my the states. God, I, what? You're from the states. Oh yeah, I'm in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. No. In 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 Canada, there is none. Of, honestly, there's none of that. Like, there's okay. nothing. Like, uh, we actually kind of see it. Like from the outside, we see. We actually find that when Americans are like, "Oh, that's un-American." We all we find that kind of weird when people say that because it's like, you know, because we never say that here. We're not just like, "Oh, uh, that's un-Canadian." You know, it's just like, like sure, we have our stereotypes here, but I know plenty of people who you're not going to call someone un-Canadian if they don't drink double doubles. You know what I mean? It's like uh just for the record uh i miss having tim hortons in my town you used to yeah we had four. Oh man that's nice we had, we had four one was by my 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 in-laws house i'd go there every friday before work to bring in some donuts bring in some timbits get my cold brew coffee it was amazing and then burger king purchased tim hortons america and decided this guy that was going to open up 40 tim hortons in the in in st louis they were like, yeah, we're going to renegotiate your franchise contract. He's like, no, I have a contract. You got to honor that. And they said, okay, we're going to close this store of yours. You want to renegotiate now? He said, no. And then they closed them all. Wow. <laughs> so that was six years ago, and I'm still pissed off. Oh, no, I feel you, man. But but back to what you were saying earlier, like you, you were – you're mentioning is in so like what you're saying is that like yeah over there in america like it always do you hear that a lot when you're it's just like oh that's oh my god all the time everything is un-american i think the most american thing you can be is un-american at this point yeah it's such a weird thing now like it's such a weird concept because over here no one says that no one here is like well i i guess it's just because of like you know the way the world is at the moment like for example like like 
No, no, this is not new. Un-American has been something I have heard my entire life. My father told me once when I said I didn't like hot dogs, that that was un-American. <laughs> I mean, a hot dog at that time, because this is like pre-all-beef hot dog days. Uh, a hot dog was just, you know, an intestine, lips, and assholes. It's, it's what it was. Mouths and ears. Yeah, it's, it, they, they were disgusting. I mean, they were awful. But it's the belief is because we don't have a singular religion or a singular identity that that's where it came from. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. just curious if anybody else has that because we've got a weird jingoism down here. Yeah, no, and and we we see that from from over here in in Canada because yeah, um, but we see the Fords. Oh, do you mean like mean Doug Ford? Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Uh, I won't get into that too much, but we just got put into another two weeks of lockdown today. So, you know, my favorite thing about the Fords is you actually, Doug Ford, the, the dead one, it's Doug. Oh, right? no, Rob Ford's the dead Rob, one. Okay, Rob Ford. Rob Ford actually made it to SNL. He Did was he? carried on Saturday Night Live. Wow. I think it was when he was like running down the parliamentarian. Uh, I don't remember. I, I think it, it's, it's kind of hard to say which Rob Ford incident it must have been because there were a couple. But no, yeah. Doug Ford, he doesn't, he, he doesn't rate. But Rob Ford is actually the only Canadian politician I'm aware of to be satirized in America. Yeah, it's just because when it happened, it was just such a weird thing. We're like, oh, one of our top elected officials smokes crack, you know, like that's so that's such a like it's, it's such a weird like thing to happen. You know what I mean? Well, the, the thing with like, again, I don't really like to you get guys are just copying us the oh yeah <laughs> mary and barry you know the mayor of dc was smoking crack in the 80s and got reelected. Yeah. i might add yeah but uh but the thing but the over again i don't really like to get into politics but over one thing i will say though is that the reason why i guess doug ford not doug ford rob ford was again that happened because it was such an like an outrageous instant here like i a lot of the politicians here, at least currently, are just assholes, you know? They're not funny in the slightest, you know? There's not really... They're just dicks. <laughs> that's how it is here. I think that's probably how it is everywhere. And well, yeah. our, what, what I, my favorite political thing they can do is when you get somebody so stiff that tries to be funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> is all of them. Uh, my favorite one of that was actually our previous Prime Minister, Stephen Harper. He had some pretty, like, so unfunny it was funny moments. Like, there was one video I saw of him where he was, um, it was him in his family home standing in front of his, like, gigantic, like, 102-inch TV with, uh, with the Netflix logo on it. Mm -hmm. And he's standing in front of it, and he goes, and in, in like, a, a straight face, straight tone, he goes, one thing you might not know about me is that I love movies and TV shows. In fact, one of my favorite shows is Breaking Bad. It's actually available on some online streaming services if you've never seen it. And I'm just thinking, that's not how a human talks. That's how an alien talks. <laughs> uh, when, oh my God, in, in 2008, when the Democrats were still like working out their, uh, the primary system before Obama was nominated, they had all of them uh, on SNL and Obama was so robotic. The character he played was somebody going to a Halloween party dressed as Obama. Obama dressed as Obama. Oh, geez. Oh my, it was so funny, but not like laughing with him. Like yeah, laughing. Yeah, I know. And, but you know who actually is legitimately funny? And this will surprise this. I don't Bush. know. I no. Well, he is, but not good. Uh, Al oh, no, Gore. No, no, no. I'm not saying good. I'm saying he's Bush is hilarious. Al Gore is legitimately funny. Like laugh with him, funny. Really? Yeah, I had no idea. So in in because he hosted SNL not long after he had lost the election, and he was hysterical. Like, and then he was in Futurama, also hysterical. I mean, he. I think he was in The Simpsons too, actually. He probably was. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know if they actually got him to do his own voice, but I remember there was an episode where uh, Homer, he, I forgot what happens, but he like loses a contest or something and he's sitting in Moe's bar and he goes, oh, 
I can't believe I lost, blah, blah, blah. And then you just hear, just let it go, Peter. And he's like, Al Gore? He goes, Homer, I had a presidential election stolen from me, but I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess that it was Al Gore because Al Gore was in Futurama. Oh, like he did his own voice, you mean? He played himself oh, in wow. at least 15 episodes. Oh, sweet. The best one was when he was in the time, the, the time space continuum rescue Rangers or something. And he's like, this is my constitutional duty. I thought your constitutional duty was to cast a tying boat in the Senate and stop the time space continuum from being disrupted. Read the constitution. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I mean, I, I, I about died. Uh, but we can move away from uh, politics and their attempt at humanity, which we're probably being, we've probably already been taken over by aliens. So yeah, probably. <laughs> we have been going for a bit. Uh, got a few more minutes left. We're going to now move into the lightning round where it gets weird. Awesome. Okay. What is the thickness of your G-string? Ooh, thin as possible. So you wear a G-string. Okay. Moving on. Uh, best kind of burrito. Ooh, uh, hmm. Beef burrito, extra cheese. That's really boring. Uh, I know. <laughs> tongue tacos, yes or no? Sorry. Tongue tacos. Yes. Okay, smart choice. Good choice. Uh, <laughs> who would you rather have on your hockey team, Wayne Gretzky or Gordy Howe? Uh, probably Gretzky. I'd say. I think that's the smart play. Uh, better goalie, Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur? Uh, Brodeur. Incorrect. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's true because Brodeur had uh, he had a great system, and that's not an easy system to play in because you don't get you get very distracted. Yeah. Never. I also just shot. found Brodeur funny because he had like that big rivalry with uh, what, what what was the uh, I, I'm not huge into hockey, but what was that guy's name was Sean something? The one who was like he kept getting in fights with Sean Avery. Yes, yeah, yeah. I love seeing like the fights between those two. Those are they're freaking incredible. Uh, since you brought up Sean Avery, I will. Did he was he played a character named Killer Dill in the movie The Rocket, the 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 Maurice Richard movie. Oh really? Yes. Uh, the the character the the player i don't know his real name but killer dill was banned from the american hockey league in the 40s at the time that this took place Oh, really and he was signed by the bruins to beat up richard and at that time the nhl and the american league were actually competing leagues and not not minor and and major which was interesting Mm -hmm. uh okay where do you go to buy beer uh LCBO supermarket, wherever's closer. Wait, you can get beer in the supermarket there now? Yeah, yeah. All over Ontario or just Ottawa? Uh, All over Ontario now. It's actually like a common thing now. Like you could always do it in Quebec, but you couldn't do it here until like two years ago. The, The first time I went to Ontario, part of the reason why I went there was to literally go to the beer store. Really? Yes, I spent $70. Sweet. But that way, but wait, now that I think about it, that was $70 Canadian, which is way less for you. <laughs> yeah, that was only uh 250 times seven. That was only, ah, it was still a lot of money for beer. But uh, until I got the current job I have now, I would have traded your beer tax for my insurance payments. <laughs> but my company pays the entire insurance, so no longer have that so now you know you guys can snack on that uh let's see what is the best canadian beer Ooh, uh i'd say moosehead wow okay moosehead's a little skunky moosehead is canadian heineken i mean i like it personally so if if i i'm I'm just i'm just offering a counterpoint i'm not attacking calm down you you freaking (laughs) you dare Freaking insult Moosehead to my face. Actually, I do like Moosehead quite a bit. <laughs> I almost bought a, uh, a, 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 I would say a case, but I don't think, think that's not right. I almost bought a two four of Moosehead while I was at the beer store because I wanted the toque that was in there. Sweet. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't know that I want to spend $40 on a case of Moosehead. Moosehead here is like six bucks a six pack. Yeah. Man, and I, 
but I'm waiting. Three bucks, but I really want that toque. <laughs> I ended up buying a Canadian's toque at the store, and it was in Ontario, so apparently I caused a fuss. Oh yeah, is... oh yeah, yeah. No one here likes the Montreal Canadiens. I only like the Canadiens because of Wah. But the guy checking me out's like, "Huh? I'm gonna have to tell my wife that I sold one of these today." <laughs> I'm like, "Huh?" She's like, "Yeah, she's a Canadiens fan." Huh. Fair enough. I, in fairness, my wife when I met her was a Flyers fan. Mm. Like, oh, she, he's she lived for ten years in in Philly. At the store, uh, the Canadiens fan blacklist from the store <laughs> yeah but i mean i haven't been back it was london ontario how many times am i going to be in london ontario oh yeah right i it was nice i also uh got new york fries and had poutine for the first time oh man new york fries is great yeah, yeah it's freaking awesome i was not impressed really uh that was back when i was a food blogger and i actually angered a lot of people because you didn't like new york fries but the but not I angered them not for the reason you would think, because I went to the wrong place. Anywhere called New York Fries obviously is not Canadian. Yeah, but except it, that it is. Yeah, it's a Canadian chain. Yeah, but, I know, and I mean, although I I find that really interesting, you say that when one thing I will say is that over here in Canada, one thing we we don't have we're we don't say things that's like oh that's un-canadian one thing we do here is we do make fun of how bad american fast food is you're not going to the right places well i mean like in comparative like the places we have like shared you know like like i've had mcdonald's in the states and i've had mcdonald's here and i'm like the mcdonald's here is so much better <laughs> i don't doubt it mcdonald's here is crap mcdonald's here is it's it's basically like cafeteria food yeah, I, as I said, I remember I went to McDonald's once when I was on vacation with my dad, and we were in there, and I'm thinking, and I was so used to eating it here because, like, the meat comes from different places, so when I eat it there, I'm just like, this doesn't taste anything like, like, the one we have back at home. Like, the one, the, the thing I find, and this is a good thing I find, is that here in Canada, we have actually have, like, really strict uh, food laws. So Yeah, the food laws I, up there are much different than they are down here. Yeah, like, the, like, the, the, the all the meat you'll get in McDonald's is like not like disgusting. It's like actual, real, like fully one hundred percent beef. While uh, my a friend of mine who lives in Vegas uh, told me that she was like, yeah, over here, literally, like you'll go to Taco Bell and it's like grade F meat and it's like really disgusting <laughs> and stuff like that. We were actually having a conversation about Taco Bell meat at work yesterday. Oh, really? Because it's not proper meat. There's something going on there. And I don't, if you know, that's fine. You don't have to tell me. In fact, I would request that you don't because I want to keep eating there. Because there is <laughs> nothing better than a Doritos taco. Hey, man, Taco, taco Bell's great. Taco Look, if great. I wanted to get good Mexican food, I would go to El Maguey and order in Spanish. We actually yeah. have a little Mexico here now, so I can get like tongue tacos. I'm sorry, that's like my favorite taco. Yeah, dude. But yeah, no, but like, I guess like in terms of like in Canada, it's like we make fun of like American fast food because we're like, ha, we have it so much better than you guys do. Well, I don't doubt that at all. I mean, American <laughs> with, excuse me, with, you know, I, I have a day job. I'm not a professional journalist, as it were. And now if enough people listen to this podcast, I'll be a professional podcaster, but we're not even close. And so during the pandemic, I'm, I've been back working in an office for about six months now. And most days I sit in my car and eat. And the trick is if you want quality fast food in America is to go to ethnic places. Really? Like if you go like for the same price as I can get like a quarter pounder meal at McDonald's, I can get a Chinese food lunch special. And that's like, yes. the, and that's the good shit. Guess which one has a higher quality? Yeah. The Chinese food. Exactly. And you actually get green things, not just, uh, but if you, when you come to the, the States the next time, if you, if you end up at max, get a quarter pounder because that's actually fresh meat now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is well, what, what it I, was when it was originally created. It was the one fresh meat burger at McDonald's. You, usually when I go to the States and I have like get fast food, uh, I always try and go to the places that we don't have here in Canada just Our to choice. see how it is. Like, in like, fairness, the one time I went, the, the first time I went to Mexico, I ended up going to McDonald's there because in that town, McDonald's had the nicest bathroom. 
<laughs> oh man, yeah, I can. Yeah, that's. And they have this amazing jalapeno sauce. Sweet man. So it's like McChicken, <laughs> no mayonnaise. Give me that jalapeno sauce. Yeah, sweet man. But yeah, no. But usually with me is I'll try and try stuff from there. Like uh, again, that we don't have here, like freaking Carl's Jr. or whatever. Don't go like there. That, that place you know? sucks. Uh, have you ever been to rallies or checkers? No. Oh my god. Yeah, that, you want to go there. That's the best fast food. You can get uh, anything. The there. other place I want to try, but I know that there's a really negative connotation with some people there is Chick-fil-A. I've had Chick. Okay, one, I have been boycotting Chick-fil-A longer than anyone. Oh, yeah? Because that's what I've been hearing, because when I went there last They were closed stuff, on Sundays in the malls I worked at, and that pissed me off. Ah, so, right. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wow, you're homophobes. Awesome. I'm on the right, I'm on the right side of history way before everybody yeah and, because when because i went to the states right before the pandemic i went to georgia, atlanta georgia for I, I go to a festival there called prog power usa and uh yeah like the metal festival there and while i was there i'm like you know what i'm gonna get some southern food you know southern stuff you know because you don't get that here and i remember looking up where chick-fil-a is the closest one and i was just like ah nah it's too far but then the, someone who I was with saying to me, they're like, oh, don't go to Chick-fil-A. Like, fuck that place. I didn't know about any of the, the boycotting and any of the problems until he told me about it. I'm like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> I, I will say it's, I've had it twice. Uh, never did I purchase it, for the record. And it's not that great. Oh, fair enough then. Um, I, I When fast food in America, Culver's is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've been seeing um because here in in Canada for for some reason on my on my folks television package they get a channel from from Detroit and they're always advertising Culver's and Culver look- started in Wisconsin. It's it's a regional chain. Yeah, and it doesn't. It looks pretty good, honestly. We've got like three or four of them here. My daughter loves it. Uh, Freddy's is really good. Um. It's 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 halfway between fast food and real food. Oh uh, yeah, we 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 have a few places like that here, which uh, which I which I appreciate. Like we have um, this actually it's way higher quality than fast food. But I'll, I'll let you know if you're ever in Ottawa, let me know because there's one place here that I'll always recommend to people. And it's actually where our bass player works. It's um it's called the Coven, and it's a metal themed bar. Every uh. It, every menu item is named after a metal band and the food is literally i always say this it's restaurant quality food but with like fast food prices because there is the, a there's a place like that in chicago and i forget the name of it our like the biggest local brewery here had made shirts to send them in chicago that they didn't sell here yeah yeah and, and yeah, I, I, but the yeah but um but you yeah, know if you're ever in ottawa let me know because the coven is uh it's freaking it's freaking great and it's like it's it's really cool because here in ottawa like in terms of the metal community it's so tight-knit that like whenever we get like a big band comes through here we'll always get them to go to the coven and sign like the celebrity <laughs> wall and stuff like That's that awesome. yeah it's it's like whenever we get a big band in here like what the biggest band we've opened for here was uh hammerfall mm-hmm. and when hammerfall came sure enough bring them to the coven for their dinner and they have to sign the celebrity wall real quick stuff. it's really cool hang on, hang on one second danny i know you're listening he just name checked Hammerfall. Make sure you're okay. That's my buddy Danny's favorite band. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Hammerfall's fantastic. Again, like we, they're the biggest band we've gotten to play to play with. Like, and that was an incredible show, sold out. You know, and uh, it's like it's an honor to be able to open for like a legend in our genre like that. And they were all really nice, humble guys. And uh, well, what, that's one of the things about metal that I absolutely love. It's in it's set what i'm about to say is very selfish and i'm gonna start wrapping this up here because i'm sorry i'm burpy and i can't <laughs> finish a sentence without burping um just gonna wrap this start wrapping this up here because we are about out of time but one of the great things about metal is how small it is i have seen absolute legends and absolutely huge people on the same stage as i have seen my friends Sometimes on the same night, a uh, buddy of mine, my friend Danny. Hi, Danny. Uh, he's in a band called Torchlight Parade. Anybody in St. Louis, check them out. They're awesome. And they opened for Metal Church. 
and wow. the um, they've got uh johnny rod who was in uh wasp for a t- for a time oh he's in that band ish he he's he's like an adjunct he comes out for a couple of songs a night and oh sweet then the metal then when they opened for metal church the drummer had been in wasp with johnny rod at the same time so they had the bass player from wasp and the drummer from wasp at one point in time and they did like three wasp songs together oh that's sweet man yeah yeah, yeah. you know stuff like that that happens and that happens here too you know like we've uh, one thing we've been really lucky about is like whenever because Ottawa is a very much like a death metal and core town. So whenever a kind of old school band does come through, we always get to open for them. And so it's like <laughs> Hammerfall, uh, some of the newer stuff, like we played with Battle Beast and Unleash the Archers, uh, Diamond Head, you know. Unleash the Archers stuff. is a great Canadian band, by the way. Probably the best in, currently, in my opinion, like in terms of like the past 10 years, I think. Best Amazing Canadian band. band past 10 Amazing years. band. Oh, yeah. Like we, yeah, that was, I'd argue when we opened for Unleash the Archers, best show we've ever played. That was the only time because the local menu metal venue here is called Mavericks. That's the mm-hmm. only time I've ever seen a lot uh, the fans line up around the block because they were so popular. You know, the and, only there, there's a big venue here called the Pageant. And the only time I ever saw that was with Slayer, and oh, I have really? been to hundreds of sold out shows at that place. Yeah, but um, to the point where I remember me and the promoter were like walking outside and we were talking and when we see people lined up around the block for Unleash the Archers and then uh, he wasn't the promoter. He was like the stage hand. Right. And he and he like pulls out his phone and he goes, yo, James, uh, get the crowd to do something and I'll post it online, you know, and just just to like just to see, oh, look how many people are here for Unleash the Archers. So I yelled at everybody and like, hey, everybody, he's filming. So put the horns up, you know, and then like and it was. <laughs> And it was so nuts because I've never seen that venue more packed than for Unleash the Archers, you know, because they're so popular here and they're all amazing people, amazing musicians. And and it was an absolute honor to be able to play with them. And because, you know, when you play with a band like that, you get exposed as well. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get and you get some legitimacy to yourself as well. So, yeah. And before we before we go, uh, where should fans go to check you out? Um, um, so, uh, follow us on Spotify, Spotify. We're on Instagram is probably the social media. We're the most active on, uh, Facebook as well. Um, our merch store is Lycanthro merch at bigcartel.com, uh, bigcartel.com uh, to pre-order our new album, Mark of the Wolf, uh, before we go, cause you didn't really get to, uh, to, to say anything about that, but from the songs you did hear, what did you think? I really dug it. I now in fairness, what I'm about to say, the only negative I have is that there wasn't enough. I didn't get to the ballad. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) That, but I, I I really did dig it. I I thought it was very cool. I, I thought it was a really great way of separating, not separating, standing between the modern and the classic. There were, uh, there was a, I think the third song, again, the songs were a lot longer. I I was driving, so I wasn't Mm. looking. The songs were longer than expected. Um, the I think it was the third song had a, a bit of a distorted vocal line to it, which I thought was a great modern kind of technique. The first song sounded very classic metal, very Judas Priesty, very Iron Maideny. You know, there was uh, not as much of the twin gun there, but I, I thought it was well, again. I, I'm busy. I'm sorry. I'm I'm busy. <laughs> oh no no! But I'm glad that you you liked what what you've heard though for sure. And, but yes, definitely. And what single should I should I pop on the end of this? Uh, Crucible. It's the single that's out right now. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, we will play track, Crucible. So. And I will thank James from Lycanthro for taking some time for this pretty terrible podcast. Um, and and with that, th- thank you for listening to the Glacier Musical Podcast. Please like, subscribe, do all the things the kids tell you to do on YouTube. But for me, and it does, this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria.